So now that we know that one of the ways one is allowed to keep food on the fire going into Shabbos is if you cover the fire, you do some type of grufa uketuma, you cover the fire with a blech. We mentioned in yesterday's year various applications of what the Mishnayas tell us regarding grufa uketuma. So let's walk around our kitchens and try to figure out each appliance, you know, one at a time, how to properly do grufa uketuma. So again, in the first few shirim we went through Perhaps you might not need to do it if the food is fully cooked or if it's raw and it will not be able to get cooked until the next day. But let's assume you don't want to deal with it, with a level of cooking, or either way, it's just a good idea to cover your fires going into Shabbos. So how do you do it? So when it comes to a, uh, a stovetop, we said the accepted opinion is you can use your metal sheep, your, your, uh, your blech. That is fine. What about ovens? So ovens is a fascinating discussion in, uh, in the Gemara different types of ovens. We'll assume, as the, the, the Pesach of the Paiskim, that our ovens, one could do shahia. you could leave food in our ovens. And the question is, how do I cover the oven? So if you look, Rav Moshe Feinstein, in the, in the famous tshuva, he has a famous tshuva, it's an Archaim Chelek Dalad, Simon Ayin Dalad. He goes through many shilas that Rav Shimon Eider, Tzadzal, asked him. So one of the exciting parts, one of the highlights of that piece in Igris Moshe is that Ramosha Feinstein brings down the questions. In, in, in most of Igris Moshe, he doesn't mention the question. He just just says the topic, and you try to figure out in the tshuva, in the answer, what the question was. Here, he, in, in a few other places, specifically when he deals with Rosh Shimon Eider, or some of the other authors of, of great books, so he brings down the question as well. So there, Moshe Feinstein says, the only way to cover, seemingly the only way to cover your oven to do shahia, to, to maintain food in your oven going into Shabbos, would be to put an insert, to actually have your a box inside your oven, similar to the box that Rav Moshe held you need going, you know, for Pesach. So you have this box in your oven, and then you could do shahia. That would be called grufo, kutuma. You covered your the inside of your oven. Most Paiskim do not go with this extreme opinion. They hold that all you need to do is cover the bottom. That's where the heat source is. So if you cover the bottom, you're good to go. So you would put a uh, either a sheet pan or a thick piece of aluminum foil, put it on the bottom of your oven covering the uh, heating element. So if you have a, a, a gas stove, I'm sorry, a gas oven, so you'd want to leave some airspace that the, the, the heat could go up, but you'd cover most of the holes there, and that would be called your grufa or ukatuma. That would be a way to cover your oven, theoretically, and you're allowed to leave food in the oven. Now, I don't recommend leaving raw food and some cooked food in the oven, as you mentioned, and just keep saying it, keep repeating it, because if you have a raw challah, a, 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 a baked challah, but raw chicken, and you're opening and closing your oven on Shabbos, you're going to get into many, many shilas. Okay, so that's the accepted opinion. Additionally, some of the Paiskim, as we mentioned in the in yesterday's share, would say you should cover the knobs as well. So if someone is leaving food in the oven, if it's fully cooked, there's nothing to talk about. If the oven's off, one could be make or leave it in. But if the oven's on, so then you should, and if the food's not fully cooked, so you should put a, a sheet pan or something that you don't keep during the week, something there for Shabbos to remind you when you open the oven not to touch the fire. And if you want to be extra machmer, you would cover the knobs as well. There is a whole discussion, which we won't get to today, regarding opening and closing ovens on Shabbos. That really is not a halacha for Erev Shabbos, and we're still in the halachas of Erev Shabbos, unless you have a Shabbos mode oven. So on Erev Shabbos, you should remember to put your oven in Shabbos mode. 
But that's a discussion when we'll get to electric, uh, you know, electric devices on Shabbos, electricity. So we'll get to that in a much later shear. But we're just discussing the concept of shi'i of leaving it in an oven. So halacha is if it's fully cooked or if it's raw, late, wait, saving it for tomorrow and you don't have anything else in the oven. Or you cover the bottom of the oven, lay a piece of foil or a sheet pen, you're allowed to leave something in the oven going into Shabbos. That is regarding ovens. Let's move on to warming drawers or hot plates. So when it comes to a a uh, warming drawer, so one could theoretically say, well, it's just a mini oven that has a drawer in it. However, we'll see as we move on to other halachas, you know, regarding Shabbos, Chazara, that warming drawers might have a different category in Hilcha Shabbos. Maybe it's not really viewed as a cooking device. Maybe it's just a device where, th- where things are warmed up. It's a very interesting discussion. Either way, when it comes to leaving food in the in the oven or in the warming drawer Friday, going into Friday night, going into Shabbos, you still have the same consideration. Maybe a person's going to increase the flame. So there are various types of warming drawers. So there are those that have one setting, on-off, an on-off setting. So they're the accepted opinion is when there's an, just an on-off setting, there is nothing you can do to increase the the temperature. So therefore, you do not need to do anything. So if you have a uh, on-off warming drawer or or a hot plate, then all you do is plug it in and it has one setting. There's nothing to do. You're able to keep food on it going into Shabbos. What if it has multiple settings, but it's on its highest setting? So there are those poiskin, the hard svi in a tshuva is mekel, that if it's on its highest setting, so there's no shemi yechata, there's nothing to increase, it's already on its highest setting. But if you look at Ramayi Shafayin, and, and this is the accepted uh, psak, that even if it's on the highest setting, there are other concerns, in my, in my, someone might knock it and go lower, you might turn it lower, there are other concerns involved, and therefore, even if it's on its highest setting, but if it's a, if it has m- multiple settings, one should not uh, just, you know, leave it, you need a blech. So in that case, if you go with the Rav Moshe's psak that we mentioned yesterday's year, or last week's year, that you need to cover the heating element, so by a blech, so by a hot plate or a warming drawer, if there's more than, if it's more than just an on and off, then you would have to cover the heating element. How would you cover it by the warming drawer? So you got to figure out where the heating element is in your warming drawer. If, if it's a hot plate, so you just cover the hot plate itself. Obviously, with caution, some hot plates cannot handle a cover on it. So in that case, if you cannot cover the actual hot plate, you would just cover the knobs. The same thing in the warming drawer. If you don't know where the heating element is for some reason, if all you could do is cover the knobs, so that would also be an option going into shadows. But by warming drawer, just cover, you typically could find the heating element and you would just cover that part of the warming drawer. <clears throat> so that's the halacha regarding warming drawers and hot plates. What about a... A crock pot. So a crock pot, the same thing. If it has on and off button, you don't need to do anything. If there's multiple setting, so then, same thing, you would cover the crock pot itself. There are those poiskin that say you should not use foil as a as a uh, blech, and you could find those poiskin in many of the uh, contemporary svarim uh, on Hilcha Shabbos. Ravelski's at Sal held that there's no problem. You can use a, you can use foil, and he said that's what Moshe Feinstein held that the purpose of a blech, as we mentioned, is all about a hacker to remember Shabbos, to remember not to do not to do a chitu b'kachalam, so you should have a uh, a piece of foil and that would be your blech. Now, if you're, if you're covering the knobs, so then the truth is, if you cover the knob and you put foil 
on the heating heating element in the crockpot, you're good to go. The concern is, and this is raised by many of the Paiskin of Rabbi Willig, Shlita of Mordechai Willig in his book, Cooking on Warming and Cooking on Shabbos, he mentions this, that if you, you don't, do not cover the knob for your crockpot, and all you have is a piece of foil in between the crockpot and your heating element, assuming you have one of those insert crockpots where it just goes into a, uh, a mold. So if you don't have the foil sticking out, so you you wouldn't see the hecker, you wouldn't see the blech when a person would theoretically go raise the flame. So therefore, he poskins that one should have some foil coming out of the crockpot, not just if I picked up the crockpot, I would see foil down there in there. You'd want some of the foil coming out, overhanging a little bit, so that should be a good hecker because at that point, that's when you would raise the raise the flame you're going to be raising the flame you're not going to see the hecker so therefore he poskins wants you to have some foil coming out sticking out he actually says that by a warming draw as well he says let's say a person has a warming draw where the buttons the controls for the warming drawers on your display uh, of your oven and it's not in the warming draw so having a piece of foil in the warming draw that's not going to remind you when you're going to touch the display screen which is uh, I don't know five feet high you're not going to see that you're not going to look at the warming draw. So he said a person should have some foil coming out so you could theoretically see it when a person would go turn, you know, raise raise the temperature. Okay, so we got ovens, we got warming drawers, hot plates, we got crockpots. What else we got? We got There's a, there's a uh, discussion regarding a sous vide. So a sous vide, if you don't know what it is, you can Google it. You basically have a vacuum-packaged protein, which you'll put some sauce in there, some spices, it will cook in its own juice, and you'll have... Uh, slow-cooked food. You can have it for Shabbos, ribs and brisket, London broil. People do all types of things. So there's a great question regarding hatmana that isn't that considered insulating in water in a, in a bag so- soaked in water for a long time. So we'll discuss that when we get to hatmana at the end of this cloud. But let's just focus on the concept of shahir. Can a person leave a suvi there for Shabbos? If it's fully cooked, when Shabbos comes in, there's no question, no problem. What if it's not fully cooked and you intend on eating it on Friday night. So there you, you get into concerns because if it's not fully cooked and I t- and I want to eat it Friday night, but at least over there you'll have that it should be more than 50% cooked and therefore I'm not too concerned. The, the question is, the classic question, classic sous vide question is that people always look to, are looking to find how to have hot food Shabbos day that's not chalent and not dry. So sous vide would theoretically be good. You put, you, uh, you put it on right before Shabbos and you have 12 hour slow cooked Meat, Shabbos morning. So the question is, is there a problem of Shahia? How do you cover the, the element? So there's a few things to consider. First of all, if you put it in raw right before Shabbos, you have the heter of the Gemara of Kedera Chaisa, that it's raw. Second thing is that if you plan on eating as, as a day meal, we mentioned some of the Rishonim hold, even if it is going to be ready Friday night, but since I plan on eating it for the day meal, that's another hector. So that's another thing to consider. A third thing to consider is that if you would increase the heat, it would actually ruin the recipe. When you have a recipe for 157 degrees and you you make it higher on Shabbos, you're ruining it. So there's a deterrent to hiring it. And another thing to consider is that just cover the, just cover the knobs. Now, what are the knobs? The knobs would be the buttons. Put a piece of tape on the buttons on the control. If you control it through your phone, so I don't know, wrap your phone in, in silver foil. I don't know what to do. But it's it's not so complicated to be able to cover the buttons before Shabbos. So therefore, that would, that would be the eights of for Suvi. We'll get to the other Shiloh of 
hatmana on a different share. One more thing regarding urns. So an urn, most urns or pump pots are typically just on off. So there's nothing, no concern of shemiyachat. There's nothing to do to increase the temperature on, Shab- uh, on Shabbos. So the truth is they should be mutter. Now, what if you have an urn that you could adjust the temperature? So you should cover that. You can't really cover anything in the urn. So at least cover the knobs. However, when it comes to urn, there's a chiddish of the Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein says that there should be a xero or some type of iser that a person should not be allowed to leave an, uh, uh, water that's not fully cooked in an urn going into Shabbos because let's say a person would take a cup, right? You know, during a Kabbalah Shabbos and they already need their first coffee of the night. So they, they're taking a coffee right when Shabbos started and the water wasn't fully cooked. So you're, you're going to hasten the cooking of the rest of the water. You're speeding up the cooking of the rest of the water. And therefore, Amosha says that a person should not leave water uh, on, in, in an urn unless it could be fully cooked or at least Yatsa let this boy 160 degrees going into Shabbos. The accepted opinion is to be mako, meaning a person should not take water. But as long as it's 110 degrees, as long as it's in the realm of Yatsa let this boy, so then the suffix you could be mako to leave it on. Additionally, many of the Paiskim said there is no gzera like that found in, in Shas. Ramosha could tell you it's a taiva. So fine, it's a taiva. Don't take water. Or don't put the water up right before Shabbos. But to say it's Usr, it's difficult to say it's Usr. And the truth is, our Moshe Feinstein in his tshuva doesn't really say it's Usr. If you look in that tshuva, when he, when he, when he uh, has, the, has the discussions of Shimon Eider, he definitely says a person shouldn't. But it's difficult to say it's an Isr of Shem Yechate. And therefore, if someone has a Shiloh right before Shabbos, they forgot to put the water up, okay, put it up. Just make sure nobody takes any water until it is fully heated so that you wouldn't run into Shilohs of Shabbos.